Let's take, the, let's take the lights down up front here. I got something to show you. Uh, now, hang on. Can you see me now? Look at that. Isn't that great? So now, we're going to be a relevant church. All right, all right, now you have to know, I'm going to tell you that I'm going to struggle to turn these off, but I'll do it. Somebody pray. (laughs) I'll get it. There we go. Uh Uh-oh. Somebody taping this and going to be on Facebook? Is that a preacher doing this sermon? I've accomplished something today. That feels good. So, hey, so yes, it's kind of weird that last week I started talking about what it means to be a relevant church, and I said, oh yeah, we're going to install a a disco ball and go do these other things, and I didn't know it when I said it, but um, several days after last Sunday, uh, Pastor Brent set this all up because he was doing a, a major event for the youth, and it included bringing in a disco ball. And I said, leave it up for Sunday. And so there it is. But, you know, if we just get the word out, every seat will be filled because we'll be relevant, you know? No, of course that's not the case. But I did raise the question last week, what does it mean to be a relevant church. And we spent time last week talking about the starting place, at least in my own mind, for understanding what it means to be a relevant church. And the time we spent last week was on this idea of a relevant church embraces its birth story. There's something about being born, you know, even in terms of the human realm, that we think about our birth and think about our DNA and, you know, what does it mean to have this certain DNA code embedded in us? And I think that's the same way with the church. We are, we were born there in Acts chapters 1 and 2, and so we spent time last week talking about that and and what it means that uh, we were we have this birth story that we ought to embrace. And we saw three things. We saw that it was God's idea. And so if it's God's idea, that's, we ought to stick with that. We ought to stick with the idea of the church. We saw that uh, we were born out of the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. And so that's a reminder that if we're going to be relevant, we've got to rely on the Holy Spirit and not on, not on just human ingenuity. And then we also saw last week that um, the church was born in community, and the church doesn't really know anything at all of um, lone ranger believers. So that's, that's my, that was my first go at this idea of what it means to be a relevant church. But today I, w- I want to move on now and suggest to you that a relevant church is empowered by a message 
of transformation, the message of transformation. And so just watch now on the screen. <clears throat> and somebody tell me, what is that? What is that? It is not a hummingbird. Who? A what? It's a moth. Is that? I don't know if that blows your mind. It does mine. I remember the first time I ever saw one of those, I'm like, oh, look, and I have my camera out. I'm taking pictures, and I got it home. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's not a, there. That's not a bird. It's a moth. That's a hummingbird moth. Now, stop and think about it for a moment. There is this beautiful hummingbird moth that at one time was a fat, gnarly, little caterpillar on the ground. To me, that whole picture summarizes the message of the church. The message of the church is the message of transformation, of change. Uh, and as a matter of fact, you can find that message all throughout the Bible. But I did find one place in the Bible where it just takes it and just boils it all down and summarizes it. And I really believe that uh, this verse is the message of the church. And it's 2 Corinthians 5.17. And I'll just take a moment and read it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation the old has gone, and the new has come. I, I mean, there is capsulized the message of the church. And I just want to point out the obvious, that the message of the church isn't about politics. Although it seems like in this day and age, you know, the church wants to veer over into the realm of politics, and they want to talk more about politics then they do the message of transformation, you know? That politics is not the message of the church. The message of the church isn't about rules. You have to follow all these rules if you want to get to heaven. And no, the message of the church isn't about that. The message of the church isn't about potlucks or bingo. It's not the message of the church. The message of the church has been and better always be transformation. And if we can remember that, if we can embrace that, if we can never let go of that message, the church will be empowered. What a wonderful message that is. So what I want to do is just take a few moments and examine each of those phrases this morning so we can better understand this amazing message of transformation. So let's start at the beginning. If anyone is in Christ. Now, there's no escaping the reality that the world is a mess. <laughs> Everywhere you look, the world is a mess. And there's no escaping the reality that <clears throat> your life and my life was, or maybe is, 
still a mess, an unattractive mess. Now, think of what it would be like to be a caterpillar. And let's look on the screen. we got a picture of that. Look at that. Now, I don't know if you think that looks handsome or not, but I think that's an unattractive mess. A little bit on the scary side. And I've been thinking about caterpillars this week, and I've been wondering, what kind of life is that to live? This fat, pudgy, ugly, leaf-chewing mess with green ooze sliding out the left side of its mouth as it goes about its business. And it shifts its chubby tube of a body back and forth, back and forth on the ground or on a leaf just to make a little progress while moving every little suction cup left, right, in harmony, just so it can kind of make a little bit of progress. Uh, To me, that's a mess. And I thought about him, and I thought, what must life be like for him? This unattractive caterpillar, he's, he's got an unattractive future, could be ate by anything that comes along on four legs, um, wallowing around on the ground. Wouldn't want to be a caterpillar for no money on earth. But here's the thing. In his world, there's a legend. And the legend is this, that when you die and fall asleep, you will wake up transformed. And you will become something beautiful, and you might just fly. And so there is a ray of hope for the lowly caterpillar. And I am here to tell you, that's the message of the church. The message of the church is a message of transformation, and it's this idea that How we are now isn't the way we're going to be in the future. That things are going to get better. Thank you. Who said that? Amen. Hey, welcome back. God bless you. You're you're in the amen corner right there. Thank you. And the truth of the matter is, when we begin to think about transformation, that really is a message of hope. Um. And the world needs that message of hope. Again, the world is in a mess. Watch the news. Our country is in a mess. Your neighbor is probably in a mess. The people that you work with are in a mess. The world's in a mess. Don't make me sing, doom, despair, agony on you. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. I mean, really, if you stop and think about it, you can focus on the negative and say, man, this world is a mess. And if you begin to dwell on it, you will begin to smell the rank odor of despair. And the world wants to know, is there any hope? Who is going to get us out of this mess? And I suggest to you, again, it won't come through the political world. I don't care how bright or how good a politician is or isn't. 
The answer for the despair in our world is not found in politics. Enter the message of the church. And these opening words of this verse, if anyone is in Christ, man, I like that. Those opening words are words filled with hope. If anyone, not just the smart, not just the rich, not just the good looking, if anyone is in Christ, and all of a sudden, with those opening words in that verse, there is this, this hint of hope in the air. Ooh. Maybe things can be different. And these opening words, as far as I'm concerned, send out a fresh whiff of hope into the air. The church is entrusted with this grand message of transformation because transformation breeds hope. And we have that message because hope is wrapped up in the resurrected Jesus Christ. <laughs> there is the supreme hope. That which was dead has come back to life. There is hope. I read about a bishop in the 4th century early church. His name was Cyprian. And he said this. He said, without the church... There is no salvation. Now, of course, when he said it, he meant the Roman Catholic Church because the Reformation hadn't started yet. But I'm taking it to mean without the church, the capital C, the universal church, wherever there's a group of believers that call on the name of Jesus Christ, there is, there is no hope. There is no salvation outside the church because the church embodies this message of transformation. It is our message of hope to the world. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now we go to the next phrase. He is a new creation. Again, this is the God-given message of the church, and it says that, so th that things are so messed up that we, that our world is so messed up that only a complete do-over is going to work. I mean, we need a complete do-over. Now, this idea of a complete do-over is good news for our caterpillar friend. That's, good, that's really good news for him. His only hope really is that he's somehow going to have a complete do-over. <clears throat> and if he doesn't have a complete do-over, what in the world is his hope? I mean, is he going to be orange instead of green? Huh. You know, let's, let's have a makeover for the caterpillar. Uh, is he going to have... Um, 16 horns come out of his head instead of 18, you know? His only hope is this idea of a complete do-over. 
And the truth is, if there's not some sort of complete do-over for you and me, where is the hope? I mean, think about it. We can have a beauty makeover. We can get a tan. We can take a course on how to win friends and influence people. I mean, we, can do, we can do a lot of things to improve our life. We can do a lot of things to look better, but we're still a mess. This idea of new creation, not just looking better, not just, not just acting better, not just better able to keep the rules, but actually we are looking for a new creation down on the inside, this transformation. And when you begin to talk about that, wow, there, there is hope in that message. And that, that, that is empowering to the church. See, that's what we're all about, all about transformation. Now think about it for a moment. This theme of new creation, transformation, is really the theme of the entire Bible, and that's why it's the message of the church. Because you find it everywhere you look in, in Scripture. I mean, start there in Genesis, and it says, in the beginning, God created. He transformed. And if you follow the creation story, it, it tells us that God took the dust of the earth and blew into it, and uh, we became a living soul or a living person. You see, transformation is all over in the book of Genesis. Think about there in, in the Gospels, about how transformation is such a major theme of the Gospels. The blind can see. The lame can walk. The dead can be raised back to life. And then Jesus Christ himself, as I have already said, dead. And then on the third day, risen from the dead, this resurrected Christ who is, as Paul says in the New Testament, he is the first fruits of what's to come. And what Paul means when he says that is, hey, there's more resurrections just around the corner. I don't know about you, but to me that smacks of hope. And we need that hope in this world today. And then when you go to the very end of this book, Revelation 21 says, then I saw a new heaven. I saw a new earth. You see, transformation is there. And it goes on to say that God will wipe away tears from their eyes and there'll be no more death. That's transformation. I mean, wow, that is really good stuff. And that idea of transformation, I'm saying, brings us hope, at least it really ought to be. That's the message of the church. And that's why church can never be irrelevant. Because people need to know this message of transformation and hope. I once got a phone call from one of my college buddies. Now, that's going back a few years. He called me up out of the blue. And he said, hey, I'm just calling to just talk to you. And I'm 
He said, I'm about ready to give up. And by the way, this, this friend of mine is a Christ follower. I mean, he embraces Christ and goes to church and all that kind of thing. I said, well, what, what's the matter? We hadn't talked in a long time. He said, he said this, he said, since 1975, my life has been a living hell. He said, I've been married and divorced three times. I've been diagnosed with some sort of mental disease. I've been disabled for years. And I was studying to get my doctorate when my whole world caved in. And he said, I have no hope. And I said, hang on. There is hope just around the corner because your life is going to get better. Sooner or later, it will. And I almost, I almost shouted into the phone, that's the message of the church. That's why you're part of this thing. Because your life will get better. I'll just stop here and just say, I don't know what you're going through now that's difficult, maybe nothing, I hope not. But if you're struggling in any area of your life, whether it's physical area or with relationships or money or your spiritual life, if you hang on, the book says your life's going to get better. That's the message of hope. Because God is in the business to change us. And he's, his plan is to take us from there to there. And here we are today. And maybe God has helped you and God is transforming your life now. And you can look back in the past and see, see what you used to be like. And you're like, I'm thankful I'm not like that anymore. You see, you're being transformed. But when you turn and begin to look from where you're at today to where the future is leading you, if you are in Christ guess what? It's just going to get better and better. Now, yeah, there's going to be still sorrow and trouble and pains and, you know, stuff like that. But hang on. Your life is going to get better. That's the message of the church. And then that last phrase in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. The old has gone and the new has come. And I thought about my caterpillar friend. I mean, I can't even, I, I, it sounds silly, but I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a caterpillar. That your whole life, you're this ugly, moving tube of mess. And your whole life, you're just rolling around on the ground and moving along with your suction cups, and your goal in life is to get up there and, oh, look at that branch, or look at that tree up there. Might take you three hours to get there. Oh, I made it. Look, a leaf. I mean, that's a, that's a terrible, terrible way to live. But then, as we know, something happens, and there's this process where he falls asleep in a chrysalis state. And that moment when that crazy, ugly mess of a caterpillar wakes up 
and begins to come out of the chrysalis and comes out of the cocoon and begins to start to look around and he looks at his, he's like, where did these come from? What's this? And all of a, and all of a sudden, instead of being an ugly mess, he is something beautiful, like up here on the screen. I mean, <clears throat> how in the world does that transformation happen? And then he begins to discover, hey, these wings aren't just to make me look good. I can fly, I can soar, I can dip, I can zip. I mean, I, <clears throat> what must that be like for that crazy caterpillar Paul writes this last phrase that says, the old has gone and the new has come. He probably wasn't thinking about my caterpillar friend, but he was thinking about you and thinking about me and thinking about his neighbors and the people at the church at Corinth and the church at, at Rome. He's thinking about those folk and he wants them to know that this is going to be the real deal. You see, it's not pie in the sky. It's the real deal, that the old has come, or the old has gone, and the new has come to awaken to new life. And by the way, I'm not one of these guys that thinks that, oh, I'm just going to struggle and just grit my teeth and get through life, and then when I die and I'm raised to new life, and I'll, then, then I'll sing in heaven. Then, you know, I dance on the streets of gold and all of that. I happen to think that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and God comes into your heart and life, guess what? This is a, this is a, a little bit of heaven right here. Because God is in me and God is in you. If your sins are forgiven. And so there is this transformation that starts. Paul talks about that in another place, but that's another sermon. <laughs> but we are being transformed bit by bit and day by day into new life. Man, that's exciting. And by the way, Paul is not talking about here in the final end of just a do-over, a cosmetic do-over. Paul's talking about a complete transformation where all of our inner ugliness is gone, where all of our hurt and stuff from the past is gone. And I am talking about resurrection day. Someday things will get better. All of the mess of the past, all of your problems, all your hurts, all your disappointments, all gone. Paul says it. The old has gone, the new has come. That's the message of the church, and that's the message that this world around us needs to hear, and that's empowering. Abandon the church? Are you crazy? <laughs> to give up on the only true hope? This, this transformation that God is going to come and make us different, and God's going to come and make us better, and then on resurrection day, we be like that, give up on that, turn my back on that, 
walk away from the church, not on your life. See, this is what makes the church relevant. This makes the church relevant, and that message ought to empower us. We've been, as a church, entrusted with that message. And your neighbor needs to know the message of transformation. The people you work with need to know the message of transformation. We're going to talk more about that next week. Stand with me and let me pray. Father, I'm pretty sure that there are times when you get frustrated with your church. I don't mean this church, but I just mean the capital C church, the big church in general. How we've just gotten away from this wonderful message. We focused on this and gotten distracted with that, and we've spun our wheels here, and we've spent our money there, and when we have this message that the world wants to hear, that these people all around us are just dying without hope. Father, help us to stay on track as a church. And now I pray for this church that you would empower us by this reminder of this great message that you've entrusted Birchridge with, transformation. And may that truth bring hope, not just to those in this church, but may it bring hope to those around us in our world We pray in Jesus' name, amen.